What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 101. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? It's different when we're in the triple digits. Uh, Alex, <laughs> I am great. I am in Florida, sunny Florida, not oppressively hot Florida. Um, I have a drink not in hand, but down below here. And I am ready to talk some football because, my goodness, we've got the second legs of the quarterfinals approaching, and we've got some predictions on hand. But I, I don't think I'm any better than Erling Holland is right now. <laughs> I, I can't be. But how are you, Alex? You're doing well? I'm doing really well. You said it. Erling Holland doing really well, too, actually. And that hair. It's so mi mystical, okay? Erling Holland. Oh my, he's going bold. And Erling Holland right now has 47 goals scored. He's the top scorer in every league uh, this season. And Mbappe is in second with 32. There's a difference of 15 goals between Holland and Mbappe. 47 to 32. And in third oh place is Rashford with 28. Okay, so that's the top three goal scorers that's this season. But well, 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 hold on. I got to ask you outright. You're building a team. Who are you taking right now? Erling Holland or Kylian Mbappe? Which team? <laughs> Any ah, team? Which, Any which team? team? You're Any starting a team and you get to pick one as your first player. A team that does not exist. You're building them from scratch. Who do you bring? Erling Holland or Kylian Mbappe right now? I'm still bringing Mbappe. Mbappe, I would bring Mbappe. I still think Mbappe has a lot more yeah. to offer but Erling Haaland yeah. in, in terms of goal scoring he's he's unbelievable yeah. the three corridors Mbappe can play but that is a bold question that's a bold <laughs> question because if I'm Man City though if it was between yeah. Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe I think Erling Haaland would always be the best decision for Man City because last season they needed a goal scorer in that Champions yeah. League against Real Madrid and now they have him with Erling Haaland. What a game Erling Haaland had against Bayern Munich, beating them 3-0. Thomas Tuchel yeah. out of the DF Pokal, might be now out of the Champions League, and in the Bundesliga, he's tied with Dortmund in the first place. So it's not looking good for Bayern Munich. And Erling Haaland, sheesh, not a good opponent. Erling Haaland, sheesh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think, uh, I, once again, the, the man has desensitized us to scoring goals, okay? He's just set the, well, he's just tied the Premier League record. He's two behind the all-time English football record of goals in a season, uh, 34. Right? It's Andy Cole and Alan Shearer that he's chasing with that. And he's got eight games left. Um, but the, the fact that Manchester City put Bayern Munich to the sword, right? And they were ruthless. Um, I, I was not expecting that type of incisiveness. I was not expecting that type of mercy, uh, you know, uh, merciless kind of just getting it done. And it, this Man City squad is the most dangerous squad, probably the best squad in form uh, in, in all the world right now. And if I'm Real Madrid in the next round, potentially, I am shaking in my boots. Um, but <laughs> listen, about the, yeah, about the Erling Holland killing Mbappe thing, Erling Holland is, listen, what he's doing is he's rewriting the record books. And it's absolutely ridiculous that anyone ever guessed that he wouldn't be scoring goals the way he is now. Okay. As many as he's scored right now, I'm a little bit surprised, right? Mm -hmm. I expected maybe some hiccups. 
But the one thing he doesn't have on Kylian Mbappe is doing it at the biggest stage, right? Mm, uh, whether it's doing it in the World Cup, that's a little bit tough because Norway needs to get there first. Whether it's doing it at the Euros, uh, he hasn't done it yet, right? But guess what? He's going to take a big le- left, eh, a big leg up, and he's going to take a big uh, close that gap on Kylian Mbappe very quickly if this man can do it uh, against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. on the 26th of April, and in turn do it in the return like before that um, against Bayern, put him to the sword once again, and then, uh, you know, does it in the semis and does it in the finals of the UCL. Um, and I think he's going to do it. I honestly do believe <laughs> that this guy is laser-focused. He is a Norse god. He scares me every time he's on the pitch. And the one thing we always said was his worst, uh, the worst possibility of his transition to Manchester City was what? Injuries. It was himself. It was injuries. Exactly. It was himself. Something he can't necessarily control. But my goodness, it's been a great year for Erling Holland. And uh, I, I guess we got to get to these predictions because I got some changes. <laughs> but Erling Holland himself is developing as a player, not just physically, but to yeah. how he plays positioning wise. The assist yeah. he does to Bernard Silva. Like, the eloquence of it. Like, he celebrated like he scored a goal because that's what it means for him to provide for his teammates. The team spirit, Erling Haaland, is putting it up at Man City. And that's the thing with Man City. It's the substitutes. It's the options. Man City have leaders with Ruben Dias, Kevin De Bruyne, and Erling Haaland. Three leaders in three different places on the pitch and all have key roles. The defense of Man City... Ruben Dias leader with Hakanji, Stones having masterclasses, Hake going bold. Yeah. Like, yes. the options is amazing. Yeah. Amazing yeah, to mean, watch. It is. And can I interject here because I need to take an L uh, <laughs> on the expectation that Nathan Ake and Manuel Kanji, aside from defensive cover, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but 3 0 in the first leg versus Bayern. Uh, gives me a pretty good assumption that Manchester City can see their way through uh, to the semifinals. But listen, I was not expecting Nathan Ake to come in from Bournemouth um, and become one of the best 1v1 defenders uh, in the Premier League. I was not expecting that at all, okay? That's where my L lies. I also shouted out that Akanji, they couldn't go far in the Champions League, or they wouldn't win the Champions League with Akanji on the pitch necessarily. And listen, Akanji has been well beyond what anyone else expected, mainly because guess what? He has not been at Manchester City. (laughs) Exactly. So Manchester City got their physio room right, and Manchester United might want to give him a call to see if there's any mercy over there (laughs) to figure out why their physio room is filling up and Manchester City's is not. So um, I think you know where our predictions might be heading here, Mm. but my goodness, Manchester City is uh, easily, easily the squad to beat right now. It's it's unbelievable. True. And another player that I I want to mention here, because in my opinion, he's one of the best players in his position and role on the pitch, is Bernard Mm -hmm. Silva. Bernard Silva, the eloquence, he's a truly gifted player because he's not about the pace, but he's about the technical ability, which makes him look fast on the pitch. He really is a special player, and he's one of the best doing what he does. One goal and an assist against Bayern Munich, and Alfonso Davis... Couldn't stop him. He was, he no, was, a, he was, he was a menace, Bernard Silva. So world class player and underrated, underrated. And Grealish, you said it. He's developing too. So I, I, so much to say. Guardiola, yeah. 
he put he said bye bye to Cancelo, and the team spirit now it seems to be better. It seems to be better. So I don't yeah. want to say Cancelo was a problem, but definitely that Guardiola is fixing things at Man City, and things have improved. So yeah. we both believe that Man City are going to go through with Bayern Munich. Am I right? <laughs> uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. And the and the I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here, right? Mm. Bayern Munich made that move at the exact wrong time to do it. Um, no, I'm not gonna blame everything on Thomas. Yeah, the Nagelsmann sacking, uh, it just didn't make any sense. It it screwed up squad harmony. It screwed up a lot of things, right? I mean, we all know we've heard if you haven't about the Sadio Mane dust up with Leroy Sané. Um, things that Bayern are not in the headlines generally for, aside from the Nogglesman manual newer sacking of the, the goalkeeping coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just crazy because, yes, if you take the, the normally incredibly disciplined, um, uh, you know, Ma- uh, Bayern Munich um, and perennially uh, finding their way far into the Champions League, Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. um, I would have thought that they would have never let their guard down that much. But Manchester City is that good. This isn't that Bayern Munich is crap. This is the fact that Manchester City is that good Facts. right now. Um, so I, I do want to say that. Oliver Kahn made yeah. the call to sack Nagelsmann, which will cost $60 million to Bayern oh Munich if, if Nagelsmann doesn't go to a coach soon. And Nagelsmann wouldn't have lost the way he did, possibly. And now people are going to point fingers at Thomas Tuchel. But now, yep. woo, this <laughs> has to be mentioned now because Nagelsmann might be coaching the team. No, I'm joking. No, joking, no. He could be coaching Chelsea in the future, but Real Madrid ain't doing things easy for Lampard. Right now, Real Madrid 2, Chelsea 0. That was an easy win, in my opinion, from Real Madrid. And Vinicius Jr. is simply unstoppable. Trent and Reese James got destroyed by Vinicius Jr. Man of the match in both matches against Trent and Reese, And he is (laughs) best Brazilian player right now. Best Brazilian yeah. player right now, I gotta say. <laughs> so. Hey, Endrick is heating up. That 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 was uh, that was sarcasm. But yes, Endrick is heating up. He's got three goals in four games. So go Endrick. But listen, uh, and, and this is where it gets tough for me, mm-hmm. right? Because because both of us, I think, agree that Real Madrid is going to get it done. I mean, they kind of embarrassed Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, right? Yeah. Um, and Bur- Bur- I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, the Bernabeu. I'm sorry. Uh, like, wouldn't it be a great little turn on the head if, uh, if like somehow Chelsea were able to pull off the improbable amidst literally all odds, considering they also just lost, um, in the Premier League over the weekend, uh, to a very industrious and wonderfully crafted win by De Serbi and Brighton. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Real Madrid and Ancelotti are back. They're kind of locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dispatched Cadiz over the weekend. And I really do feel, um, it's almost a sad, sad thing for us, or maybe not, but it's almost a sad, sad thing for us that we are going to have to see Real Madrid versus Manchester City in the semifinal and not in the final outright. Because listen, here's what I'm going to say, and this is a little bit of a departure from what I've said previously. I do believe that in two legs, Manchester City can beat Real Madrid and will beat Real Madrid. Ah, will there beat. Oof, Erling yeah. Holland to get it done. Vinicius Jr., yeah. Versus Erling Haaland. That will be fun to watch. And even Ancelotti versus Guardiola. It's going to be historical, this matchup between well, the two teams. Oh, unbelievable. But with Real Madrid-Chelsea, like, it's not even too... I mentioned Vinicius first. 
Bezema too. Mm. Bezema since uh, since um, national teams. Bezema and Erling Haaland, no doubt in my mind, are the top two. Oh wait, Ozime. Iktor Ozime, Bezema and Erling Haaland are the top three <laughs> strikers in the world of football since the World Cup. But Benzema, mm -hmm. the, he's absolutely crucial for Real Madrid in the Champions League. If he's not there, they will not get it done. So, And I can say this about Courtois, and I can say mm -hmm. this about Luka Modric. Courtois, yep. time and time again, does crucial key saves for Real Madrid in the Champions League. And he reminds everyone that he's the best goalkeeper in the world, ahead of Ederson and ahead of Alisson. The World Cup, that was a blimp. I don't know what happened with Belgium, Martinez, but Courtois really is that guy. And we received information, too, that Kroos, Kroos will extend one more season with Real Madrid, and then he will retire from football. Great news for the Galacticos. Luka Modric might do the same now. Bezema might do the same. And we now might see Ancelotti staying one more season and he, yes. they'll they'll try to get that la liga definitely after that but um yeah i, I do too believe just like you i believe real madrid are gonna go through uh against chelsea but against man city nice. i Bretton, i i can't i, I don't want i don't want to say it i really don't want to say real madrid, uh, losing to anyone in the champions right. league but mm -hmm. since i said at the start of the pod with man city didn't have was a striker um now mm. they do with erling Haaland, and i do believe erling Haaland is now the new mr champions league since the departure of christian ronald here is this is the competition he can put the gap with killing mbappe mbappe can be the best in the world cup okay but Haaland wants to be the best in the champions league where he can be he can be the best so and, i think i'm with you yeah, and it's it's the two legs versus the one leg. If this if this was the final, um, I, I honestly feel like the pedigree and uh, you know the long term tactical genius of Ancelotti. Although obviously Guardiola is uh, he's made his fair share of wonderful tactical tweaks as of late. Um, I, I believe that if it was a one off and we were talking about Real Madrid and um, and Manchester City in the final, mm -hmm. I'd probably put it more towards Real Madrid. Well, I've been there, done that done the Raymontada craziness, uh, been at the pinnacle of like insanity and drama. Um, and, and they've got everybody back to do it and they've got the pieces, but over two legs, I honestly do believe Holland's going to, uh, grate them down. I, I believe that he's going to wear them down. He'll, he might get three shots on goal or two shots on goal at Real Madrid, but he might put two in, you know, and I, I just, I'm looking at it and I, I can't bet against the Norse God anymore. Um, I can't do it. I can't I do it. I understand that. So Man City going to the final in these predictions already. We're saying, hey, this is good. This is being very bold. But if Mbappe was at Real Madrid <laughs> yeah. against this Man City team with M with that Erling nice. Haaland, that would make yeah. it even bolder, the matchup. So sure would. the other side of the bracket, though, we have Inter Benfica, which Inter yep. beat Benfica 2-0 at Benfica's home. That was embarrassing what happened. And uh, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I'm really, I'm uh, speechless. I could, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't it, expecting it. I can, I can tell. Um, and it, it hasn't been the same since that FC Porto loss at home. Um, it's like, it's like somebody simply, you know, the Estadio da Luz was the, the fortress and, and somebody violated that. Um, 
because then they followed it up, obviously, with a loss to Chavez. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible time to have a drop in form. And it might not even necessarily... Well, it is a drop in form. It's a mm-hmm. reversion to the mean, potentially. I mean, João Mario has been playing out of his mind for the majority of the season. Gonzalo Ramos has been playing out of his mind for the majority of the season. Um and and I, I still think with Ramos, there's growing that needs to be done. Um, but at the same time, they definitely have the quality on the pitch and the wherewithal to to get this done. It's just they're going to have to do it in Milan. Yeah, yeah. Bifika looked very uninspired. Roger Schmidt, he's a great manager. Tactically, he's gifted. But substitutions, he's got to do the yeah, rotation. Got like the rotation. Nersh has to start against Inter. Like... But yeah. but what 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 but Inter reminded me of the special team that they have, special players. Inter have Barella, Bastoni, Lautaro, Miktarian, Sanyanoglu, Onana, Dumfries. Mm-hmm. Inter have so many options, and it's if they had the better manager than Izagi, I am sure they would be much higher in the Serie A table because like five consecutive losses in the league yeah. that doesn't yeah. show the quality that Inter actually have actually yeah. have and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if Benfica did a remontada in Milan <laughs> and it went to a 3-2 or even a 4-3 and it went to penalties and Benfica went bold I not gonna say I'm expecting it but I really want it to happen <laughs> really want it to happen but I wouldn't be surprised though I wouldn't be surprised though Okay. No, so. no. I mean, listen. Inter just lost to Monza, yeah, right. And <laughs> and like you said, their their league form is not. It's nothing necessarily to write home about with uh, UCL spots on the line. Um. So yeah, I think this side of the bracket is where the remontadas are going to happen. And uh, Benfica just needs to kind of catch that lightning back in that bottle. Um, that they had the majority of the season, or even some semblance of it, like seventy five percent of it, or something. They have the quality to get it done. And that, you know, I already said that, but Inter once poked, once scored upon, mm-hmm. they likely could break. They would break because I don't think Inzaghi is the coach, you know, that will lead them forward uh, for the next. I don't think this is the project of Inter under Inzaghi. Mm. I just don't. Right. I, I um, so so I, I, I agree. I do kind of feel like. I do feel like Inter is going to grit it out, so I am going to say Inter Milan, mm-hmm. um, just because I've watched more of Benfica over the last three losses, which mm-hmm. is just shocking to me. Um, and it's really hard to kind of bring it back. Um, but I hope they do. I'm with you. I'm going to go a little partisan here and say, I really do hope Benfica gets it done, because I would love to see Benfica back in the, the UCL semifinals. That I'd love to see it. Okay, so but we believe Inter Inter are gonna get it. Get it <laughs> yes. And with Milan, Milan Napoli, I do believe there's gonna be a remontada because now in the second yes. leg we're gonna have Victor Ozime and Kvaratskhelia needs Ozime. They're the boldest duo together, and mm-hmm. Kvaratskhelia needs his partner in crime. Ozime is the goal scorer and the top striker. In Serie A, top goal scorer in Serie A. Sorry. So <laughs> now, yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm I'm a little worried that in this return leg, Minjay Kim is out. Um, I think he is too. But yes. Yeah, but I had I think that they have depth. I believe it's uh, Jorge Jesus. If I Juan Jesus. Juan Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juan Jesus. 
who has been he's been very good um, at, at backup. So we'll see, we'll see. But I think the, the obviously the return of Victor Osimhen is the the biggest part of this. And um, AC Milan, while they've been in much 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 better form, um, they're they're vulnerable. They're still vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I, I think Napoli is going to get this done. I am with you 100 percent on the Ramentada. Um, and I think it's going to be led by uh, Victor Osimhen, and I think Kavicha. I mean, he's going through maybe, maybe like the 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 most kind of unpredictable form of his crazy first full Serie A season, um, and first full kind of Champions League run. Um, but that if you weren't going to expect that, like the guy's not a superhero necessarily. Um, no better time to bring that back. I think he needs his partner in crime with Osimhen. Uh, because those those guys have a connection, and um, yeah, so I think Osimhen and Kavarskilia are going to get it done against AC Milan, and we are going to see a Napoli, sorry Alex, Inter Milan semifinal um, in, in the UCL against, uh, and then at the other side, it's a Real Madrid, Man City semifinal that we are predicting. But put down below mm-hmm. if you agree with us, and in the Europa League, because <laughs> yep. Europa League is looking interesting. Juve Sporting, I think Sporting Mm -hmm. could pull a remontada here in Lisbon and shock uh, Juve like they did Arsenal. And Arsenal since Mm -hmm. then haven't looked the same. Uh, But Juve, like they they didn't play too good against Sporting, but they did win 1-0. So, do you you agree with me? (laughs) Uh, I think the fact that they're going to the Alvalade, right? That's that's Mm -hmm. the name of the stadium. I I do think Allegri's little whatever he did tactically against Sporting to just, yeah, weasel out that one goal. I think Sporting can get it done. Um, (laughs) So I am going to go with uh, Sporting, and I am going to go with Sporting. And I believe that, well, you probably don't want to move on just yet, but I believe that Sporting will play Manchester United, um, even with half their team in the hospital, I believe that Manchester United will move past Sevilla. Oh, Sporting I, to beat Juve. Ruben Amri. Ruben Amri. If Sporting beats Juve in these knockout yeah. stages, like he'll be mm-hmm. big time in every top club's agenda. After Arsenal, uh, beating Arsenal too? Unbelievable. Well, Unbelievable. Have you seen the news about Amarim and, and actually having a – apparently a conversation with Todd Bowley and Chelsea because <laughs> that? that's been circulating I, like sky sports. It's been it's hitting true. other places. Um, but obviously they, they'd be dumb if they weren't necessarily looking at beyond yeah. Nogglesman, some of the best young managers on the planet. So I'm actually glad that he's just, you know, actually talking to people instead of just, I don't know, on a whim, hiring Frank Lampard again so he can take all of this vitriol that must be building up in every Chelsea supporter's, you know, (laughs) brains right now. My gosh. What I like Um, about the most about Ruben Amri is this sporting team with the departures of Mateus Nunes, Pedro Porro, Palinha, they have have good players developed by Ruben. You have uh, Gonçalo Inácio, you have Pot, you have Ugarte, you have Trincão looking much better, Shermiti, Diomand, you got key players that are growing as players. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see this Juve team. That Vlahovic, I even see news of Vlahovic leaving. Oh, my days. This Juve rebuild. Miretti in the future. Gatti. Uh, I want to Fagioli. see... Fagioli. exactly. Chiesa, what yeah. happens with him? Sule. Like, yeah. Sule, good player. So it's, it's uh. going to be very interesting to see what happens with Juve in the next few years. So... It, it, it. 
It will. It will. They. I, I don't think they should do it under Allegri, but I think they're stuck with Allegri for the time being. But <laughs> no. Uh, but listen, like Man United. Uh, yes. The more I look at this list, like Rashford's likely out of it, mm-hmm. right? Garnacho's out. Lissandro, oh, what a blow. Um, Luke Shaw probably out. Rafael Varane. I mean, and then you come in and you give up two own goals, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them literally looks like that meme of Harry Maguire getting hit in the face with a ball, like full time, right? There's a meme that circulated like years ago of Harry Maguire getting, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the poor guy can't catch a break. Like no. his head is just a magnet for stupidity, right? Hey. And it's, it's it, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, I almost feel bad for Harry Maguire. With you gotta it. feel but, bad because um, he is bad for Man yeah. United standards. <laughs> it's true, Maguire, Harry Maguire doesn't have the standards to play for Manchester United. and. To be the uh, captain, even less, even less. Yeah. How could he? Maguire was the captain of Christian Ronaldo, one of the greatest yeah. players in the history of the game. That happened in 20, 30 years' time. People will be talking about Maguire as one of the worst signings in Premier League yeah. history. And he was the captain yeah. of Christian Ronaldo, saying it once again. Two goals suffered in 15 minutes can never happen to a team like Manchester United. Maguire is the reason why it happens. Martinez yeah. is fundamental. And now Eric Ten Hag has big problems because he didn't go and sign more center backs. It's, yeah. it's, I don't get it. I really don't yeah. get it. But Man United will be much better next season. And the momentum, they'll be top four, I think, in the Premier League. And they'll go yeah. through with Seville, I think, too. Eric Ten Hag is doing a job, but he doesn't have a bench. Substitutes, he just doesn't have it. And he can't do that the first season. Yeah, and uh, let, let's be honest here. And I agree with everything you said in terms of, like, got to remember, if if you ask Manchester, after the beginning of the season that Manchester United fans had, right? Yeah. If you ask them whether or not third or fourth place was good enough uh, and securing Champions League football, um, I, I think they would have taken that. Right, I think they definitely would have taken that. Rashford and that's a probably player. what. Yeah, and Rashford a much better player now. Whether or not this is just a flash in the pan after a bad season or whatever, that remains to be seen. But let's be honest, he looks different. He looks different, and hopefully that doesn't keep him out. The injury doesn't keep him out for too long. But Eric Ten Hag, yes, his squad is not fully complete. He's in fact, it's nowhere close to complete. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys, you know, like Tyrell Malasia did not bathe himself in glory in that first leg either. He did not have himself the greatest game. And then a lot of that could be maybe he was promised more time when he came over and he hasn't really gotten as much as he necessarily expected. And he kind of folded under pressure. But if Ten Hag Hag is the guy that we think he is, Mm -hmm. Ten Hag is the manager that we think he is, I think he's going to right the ship. And there's enough quality there to get it done, even if you got to play McTominay at center back. (laughs) <laughs> Probably not going to happen. I'm just kind of joking around here. I don't know if Tayden Mengi is still around or Better. some of these other guys that never got a look. But um, but okay. listen, I think Maguire's going to have a better second leg. Um, I think they're going to get the job done. And Sevilla isn't exactly lighting the world on fire at, you know, um, at the moment either. But I could see kind of the one guy I, I'd worry about is a guy that's uh, pretty capable of scoring big goals, and that's En Naziri, right, the Moroccan um yeah, the, the Moroccan league. striker where is he in the league um, where is he in the I know. league though <laughs> I'm with you I'm with you but like that doesn't matter when it comes down to the second leg with a 2-2 tie and uh we're headed to where mm-hmm. we're headed to Sevilla and Sevilla pff, undisputed kings essentially of Europa League regardless of their La Liga form 
That's true. Right? That's true. Um, so, so we'll see. So we're in the we'll Europa see, League. But... Your predictions are with Juve Sporting. You think Juve <laughs> are going to uh, lose to Sporting? And I, 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 I'm, I'm a believer just like you. Man United, Sevilla. We both think Man United are going to pull things through against Sevilla yeah. away. Feyenoord, Roma. Feyenoord 1-0 against Roma. Can Mourinho's oh. Roma in the second leg go, go bold? I do believe in Mourinho, though. Mourinho in knockout yeah. stages. It's hard to bet against Mourinho. So I'll bet in Roma and Mourinho against Feyenoord. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, where, th- this is where our paths diverge. And this is where maybe... <laughs> I've grown to love this Feyenoord team. I've grown to love this Arnie Slot. I've grown, mm-hmm. grown to love Orkin Koksu. I've grown to love a, a lot about this Feyenoord team. So um, I I think it's a really, really tough task to ask Feyenoord to go into Stadio Olimpico mm-hmm. um, and get this done. And I think that's what is going to play into Mourinho's favor. Obviously, Mourinho's pedigree um, and what he's done. Um, and the fact that that guy wants to level up so bad from Europa Conference League winner last year, he wants to go big and get it done in the Europa League too. Um, but I still, I am, this is my first prediction that's going to go with my heart. I want Feyenoord to get it done. I want the storybook. I want the Feyenoord all the way this season in the Europa League. And then in the visa too. <laughs> yeah, Arda and then in the visa too. I mean, they're Slot. fighting on multiple fronts and, and they're they're just playing wonderful football I, I i enjoy watching every one of their games so i like that, um, I like that prediction i'm not gonna go against it it's totally understandable okay. with the form that Koksu is going <laughs> like unbelievable so and good. he managed to and the last yeah. game here oh, it's leverkusen oh, 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 hold on hold on before you just mentioned jimenez i do have to give him listen he's a mexican striker uh el tree he's gonna be the thorn in the side of the u.s te- uh, the u.s team for probably the next decade and i just gotta give credit where credit is due. I think he's only got 20, 21 starts for Feyenoord this season. He's got 19 goals, four assists. He's 21 or something. I mean, Mm -hmm. Santi Jimenez, everyone always talks about how Mexican players have a tough time transitioning once they get over to Europe. Well, Santi Jimenez just blew that out of the water, and he deserves all the credit for the season he's having. And I think if you can find an ounce of uh, respect for the, um, you know, the, the, the rivals we have below us in the United States here uh, in Mexico, if you can find an ounce of respect, I think there's a lot of U.S. player or a lot of U.S. fans out there uh, that are pretty worried about what Santi Jimenez is going to gonna become um, because it might, it might, might threaten our current form uh, in CONCACAF as it stands. But yes, I'm sorry. I, I meant to bring up Jimenez as well as Coxu. Uh, big time, but uh, he's got to find a way to beat up on Mourinho's Roma, and that's going to be a whole lot tougher than advertised. It's going to be very, very interesting. And the last one, Royal St. Chilwas against Leverkusen, 1-1 in the first leg, and Florian Wirtz once again showing to the world that he's one of the best football talents in the world, Florian Wirtz. Expect a big move soon after Leverkusen, but I want to see Xabi Alonso playing with him next season too generational yeah. style of play which i'll be alone so i love that manager so i'm gonna go with leverkusen against royal saint gilois that is being an unbelievable team this season with boniface it really is <laughs> yeah man and that's the thing is victor boniface like out of nowhere um yeah just got them that goal and now they're headed back to belgium right this is not a bay arena he did it at the bay arena and he got it done um but i still do believe that the quality mm-hmm. um 
And the quality of Xabi Alonso, the quality that's on the pitch and Flo Viertz, I think they're going to get it done in Belgium. And I think Bayer Leverkusen, who is one of the most exciting teams in all of German football right now, um, if not in the, the remaining teams in the Europa League, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Bayer Leverkusen will uh, advance. But um, Teddy Tuma, the glue that keeps things running at Union Saint-Gilois, uh, Victor Bonifacio, I would expect him to probably be in a Brighton shirt uh, in the very near future, uh, and joining his compatriot Simon Adingra, um, ah, there. there, and you, yeah, I, I mean, if you see an exit, if you see a mass mass exodus at Brighton this season, uh, they're going to need to fill some spots, especially if they can't keep hold of Evan Ferguson for much longer. Um, but Bonifaz, uh, Bonifaz has been phenomenal for them, and uh, they're going to need that again if they're going to beat Leverkusen. But I still believe Leverkusen moves through, and we've got a. Uh, what's that? Uh, Feyenoord for me. Feyenoord Bayer Leverkusen semifinal against and and the Ju- and the Sporting against Man United. <laughs> that would be historical. The Europa League predictions. That we're very optimistic on Sporting. Juve fans will be going crazy they, because this is the only way they'll get Champions League football. Juve is through yeah. the yeah. Champions League, so pressure is on Paul Pogba. That he's starting to get minutes. Flahovic, Chiesa. Hey, Bremer, all these top world-class players. So, eesh. tell us down below, do you agree with our Europa League predictions? Because we want to see your thoughts about this one, okay? Champions League and Europa League predictions. But we mentioned briefly about Benfica not being able to, in the last three games, show up. What's happening with Arsenal? We're having the Arsenal are bottling the, the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the worst of it is is they had two 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 nil leads in in each one right the last two games um and and not only to do it um well i believe it was to liverpool right the last time uh and then yes. it was west ham most recently so you're talking about an inner city rival when it comes down to that it's, so it's the um, yeah it's the it, first it, time it, ever that arsenal drop points in two games when they're winning two nil like, oh my. it's the first time wow. ever that they drop, like, the, from a 2-0 lead in two consecutive but, but like, games. Premier that's games. crazy. But, but, like, here, here's the weird thing, right? If at the beginning of the season, again, based on Arteta's goal and his stated, you know, expectations of what Arsenal can do this season, Arsenal's four points away of securing, I believe it's their first Champions League football mm-hmm since like 2016-2017 season or 2017-2018 season. So that in and of itself is great. But yes, you have like a pinky on the trophy right now. You've got a pinky finger on the trophy um, and and you just are are just the wrong time not to be cohesive. The wrong time to have drops in form, minor drops in form, but that's, that's literally how championships go down the drain. It's... Those little drops of form. And Bukayo Saka, I mean, I feel for the guy, but yeah, missing a penalty, that's kind of tough. It's true. Um, and, and when Arsenal <sighs> lose to Sporting, the momentum yeah. starts to get bad. You need to win yeah. games. The culture needs to be going up. And you can see, like, the re- off-ball, the time of reaction of the Arsenal players is taking longer. Yeah. If you see that uh, Saka missing the pen, the reaction of the Arsenal players was defeat. Defeats yeah. off ball, and then they suffer two goals, two goals, and and yeah. 
it's I, I'm gonna give big credit to West Ham. I think they deserve the credit to to yeah. get that one point needed point in a relegation battle. But Saka, Saka needs to do better. Martinelli yeah. needs to do better. Champions mm-hmm. League, like champions, do better. And then Arsenal yeah. team is still developing to become that. So, aye, it's just tough, man. It's just tough to see a team so well organized. Arteta ball is real. And even if they don't win the Premier League and they, and they get the second spot, it still is real. And it's still the rebuild doesn't stop. He said it was phase three. I want to see Arsenal in phase five. World-class yeah. players all around. And I believe Arteta can do that, okay? So, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be has tough. Anyone asked, has anyone asked Arteta how many phases there are? Or is he just making it up as he goes along? I think I don't. I don't think he is, though. I really don't because no, I, I don't think he is either. I don't think he is. That's just a I'm just joking. a joke because no, I, I no, I, like they've Marvel. made they have made such massive massive strides this season. Um, they've also identified probably their depth concerns. They've identified you know where they need to strengthen, mm-hmm. um, and 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 where they need to maybe create more competition. Uh, when it comes down to it, I know you guys probably talked about it um, re- recently, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about it a whole lot more as we get much closer to the transfer window. But like um, yeah, yeah, oh, Tielemann would have been great. I mean, you've got the six in line if you believe Party is is healthy and. Sp- you know, going to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, to, I don't know. Like an Alexis McAllister would actually fit really, really nicely. I'm, um, uh, McAllister, yes. But I'm but people, I, I love Shaka's uh, passion. I love Shaka's enthusiasm sure. playing leadership. But for me, Kaishiro would be better. McAllister would be, but Kaishiro definitely would be better as a box-to-box role. And that's a, a Declan Rice would be better. So that's a role yeah. that Arsenal will have to improve next to Thomas Partey. Shaka yeah, is a good player to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's getting a little older. He's not that old. He's also incredibly fit, and he's got no problem running forever and ever and ever. Uh, but I, I just like I like the McAllister over Cachedo simply because if you have if you believe in Partey, um, I, I think Cachedo might be too... Mm. Too much a, a similar player. I think McAllister can shuffle between a six and an eight, um, and as he's shown his versatility. And I think, believe it or not, even though he's a World Cup champion, I believe Alexis McAllister is probably the cheaper uh, the choice yeah. here because because that game Caicedo just put in against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge was just otherworldly. I mean, he was <laughs> everywhere, and he made he made a tackle. I'm going to say it. He made a tackle on the yank. Uh, Caicedo made that tackle on Christian Pulisic. <laughs> damn near, damn near cut him in half. Okay. And it was a legal tackle. It was a phenomenally well-timed tackle. Um, and uh, our love for him goes back to the Independiente del Valle days, the, the Ecuador youth team days. Um, and it's just wonderful to see him do this. But anyway, I'm talking about Moises uh, Caicedo and I should be talking about Arsenal, but I think <laughs> yes, they're collecting can... this data. Yeah. They're collecting this data, and Arsenal will be here next year. They will be, I believe, in a title hunt next year as well. And I'm not yet ready, mm-hmm. not yet ready to say, even though Manchester City is charging like a bull, um, Erling Holland is charging like a bull, uh, and they are ready to just bust up the China shop, I believe that Arsenal still can get this done. Obviously, the 26th is important. I don't. But we got to remember, there's a little interference, man. They got Southampton next. 
uh, Manchester City does, and they have uh, Sheffield United in the FA Cup semifinals. Now, a lot can happen in those two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they better hope. They better hope that maybe Erling Holland gets like a groin strain or something. Exactly. Because the, the 26 is where it's done. Ooh. Exactly. It's it's hope, and it's a hope game for Arsenal fans because I think the title is all dependent on Man City now. And it, before this game at West Ham, before the Liverpool game, it was dependent on Arsenal. And we all expect now Erling Haaland and Guardiola to go bold when they face Arsenal in that home game. And their Ooh. one less game right now is four points, but Man City have one less game, and they will beat Arsenal one to one. So they're actually two points ahead in my head. <laughs> and Arsenal yeah. have to go against Newcastle. They'll have to pace, play, face City, yes. And there's another new, uh, there's another tough team Arsenal's going to... I think it's United. I am not sure on that. But I know uh, Atleta uh, has a tougher schedule than Guardiola to win the Premier League title. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be I, very I about, interesting. I know Arsenal still has Chelsea, but I was about to... Yeah, they're not, <laughs> but, they're but, not really a match. But my um, last thing with uh, Man City, I just want to say too, is Kevin De Bruyne has done mm-hmm. 15 assists in four, in four Premier League seasons. Yeah. That is historical. In the past, the only player to have more than 15 assists was in two seasons. In two seasons. Mm. So Kevin De Bruyne has more plus 15 assists in four Premier League seasons. That's why he's a world-class player. And that's why he's the captain of Man City providing those assists to Erling Haaland. Then I'm going to say this. The Erling Haaland-Kevin De Bruyne partnership when Erling Haaland leaves, because it's inevitable, to Real Madrid or Barca, let's see, <laughs> it will be seen as one of the greatest duos ever in Premier League history. Ever. And it's not like Kane and Son that haven't won titles. They will win yeah. titles. They will Ooh. win. So I wanted to say that. Because I see people yeah. saying, ah, oh, the greatest duo in the Prem, Kane and Son. Like, you can't say that. Can't well, listen, uh, listen. Uh, you know, Erling Holland has 40, I think it's like 40.8% of all of Manchester City's goals this season. One third. Harry Kane, Harry Kane has 40.3% of all of Tottenham's goals this season. So, I mean, Harry Kane has meant so much to Tottenham over the years. I think you got to respect the longevity of the Son Harry Kane uh, partnership. When it comes down to it, I don't think we're. I don't know. Are we going to see De Bruyne and and Holland for even for even two years, for three years? I, I mean, and like, what are we going to see? Two. But obviously, okay. But obviously, we're you know Holland is orchestrating, and and De Bruyne, I should say, is orchestrating. Holland is like I don't know. He's the he's the closer, right? I mean, yeah. they're orchestrating one of the the, the most ridiculous um seasons and partnerships in the Premier League um that that obviously we haven't seen in a very long time since maybe Son and uh Kane put together one hell of a season and then they finished second um but listen I I gotta ask you because you know I think I know the answer but I just want to get it on on video here Mm. like Erling Holland is rewriting rewriting the record books right yes but it's very clear like if he wins the Premier League is still is that enough to to make him a Ballon d'Or favorite, or does he have to? Is it a must? Is it a must that Erling Haaland lifts the Champions League trophy for him to get that Ballon d'Or, even if he ends the season on like I don't know fifty goals? I, I still think Messi wins the Ballon d'Or because of the World Cup. I still think they're going to give it to Messi, even though See? I think if Erling Haaland wins the Prem and Champions yeah. League, 
I think he'll deserve it more because of the numbers he's going to yeah. be putting up in the Prem and in the Champions League too because I think it will be historic. I think he's got 11 by now, but let's see. Let's see. But uh, I, I, great question. Crazy. Man. It's, uh, top three, definitely. <laughs> top three, definitely, if he wins one of the trophies. Top three yeah, player in that, the world. How insane was it that Pep Guardiola took him off at halftime? That, it's, management. Half it's management. It's <laughs> management. Then he justifies and says, we monitor him 24-7. So Erling yeah. Haaland can't catch a break. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, literally, don't catch that break. Don't break anything. No, but like Erling Haaland, come on. He's won. He was very clear uh, to potentially score another goal in that game. And, you know, there's a little something different about sharing the Premier League goal-scoring title all time yeah. with Mo Salah at 32 and having it all to yourself. Now, I understand there are eight games left. Um, in the Premier League, and it's very, very, very likely to happen. Um, but uh, and they also have Southampton coming up. But my, my goodness, I, I, I thought Pep Guardiola. One, it's it's great, and it's even even better that you have a guy like Erling Holland. You mentioned mentioned this earlier. He uh, he celebrates an assist mm -hmm. the same way he celebrates a goal. Uh, Erling Holland probably didn't like it, but he he gets it. That's he true. gets it. He's not going to go yell to Sky Sports that like, you know, oh, I kind of no. I mean, it's the same way Erling Holland, which just bon it's bonkers to think Erling Holland leads the Premier League in big chances missed. <laughs> he's got 20, 20 big chances missed. He's in the right place right? at the right time. That's why he is, <laughs> and he misses. He, he's human in the sense that he misses goals, but the the, the amount of positions that he gets himself into the amount of chances really good clear-cut chances that he puts himself in i you you can't replicate that true right now in world football there's nobody else that necessarily could do that maybe Lewandowski benzema. when he was maybe. at his best benzema at his best at his healthiest um but like erling holland is just I don't get it. I mean, I feel like I, I, I went from wanting to be skeptical and, nah, and criti critical of Erling Haaland, and now I'm like, hey, rah, rah, rah. But, like, what he has done this season has desensitized me to the point where it's hard to celebrate his goals, and I say it all the time, and I honestly still don't know how to process it. It's one of the best seasons in world football that we've seen fucked. in a very long time. From a finisher, so, fucked, fucked right yeah. there at 22. Hey, uh, Erling Haaland. Premier League talk with Arsenal and Man City. <laughs> Tell us down below who do you think will win the Premier League. But we mentioned briefly Brighton, and Brighton did beat Chelsea 2-1. And what I got to say is the Serbi masterclass, okay? Brighton yes. this season with the Serbi has beaten Chelsea twice. They've beaten Liverpool twice. And they've beaten Arsenal once. The Serbi knows yeah. what he's doing. And the Brighton list of players. Brighton have let go of Graham Potter as a manager, Kukurella, they've let go of Bisuma. Like, these are top, top players, and they still get yeah. results. They still get results. And the list of players that are right now at Brighton because of recruitment, with, you have Mitoma, you have Evan Ferguson from Academy, Caicedo, Sully Marsh, the Serbia's doing wonders, Julio Enciso, 9.5 yep. 9 million bargain, Lewis Stunk yes. Academy too, Levi Colville, yep. excellent loan, McAllister, mm -hmm. World Cup winner, and Estupinian, an excellent replacement for Cucurella. So elite yeah. management by Brighton, year in, year out. And I got to yeah, give credit good. to Brighton. Got to give credit. And, and, and oh, by the way, they're in the FA Cup semifinals against Manchester United. <laughs> like, this isn't just 
hey, they happen to be, you know, creeping up that table. They're four points or whatever it is, four points, I think, with two games in hand mm-hmm. uh, of fifth place of Tottenham. And, oh, by the way, they're in the FA Cup semifinals against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know what? Graham P- Potter deserves some uh, some love, I guess, for that. Uh, but at the same time, to Serbi, uh, what a pick. I mean, yeah. whoever scouted him and saw the similarities, but also, you know, where he is better than Graham Potter. Mm-hmm. I mean, to see this guy come from Sassuolo, um, just come into the Premier League and and keep them motoring up the table, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really impressive. And that's why, like, part of me really does feel like they actually have. And I know you said no the last time, and you were being a negative Nancy to me by telling me there's no way. But I really do believe that Brighton and DeSerbi have a chance at retaining the Caicedos, but at, at retaining the McAllisters, um, because they've got such this this core, this project, this really interesting. I mean, even Pep Guardiola's out there probably playing head games, but he's out there saying they're the best at buildup uh, in the Premier League, and he's absolutely right. They're phenomenal. They had like seventy percent possession in the first half against Chelsea. Stanford Bridge. Yeah. No. It, 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 ah, it's a possession. I love it. They're they're absolutely unbelievable. I disagree with you with McAllister because I just think yeah. McAllister has higher standards. Uh, yeah. uh Caicedo, he did sign the par- the paper. He did, he did sign the paper to get that extension. So uh I could say look, if Brighton Remain with all these players, Caicedo, McAllister, Enciso, Mitoma. I really don't know who's going to sign Mitoma. He's just arrived for $5 million. And Mitoma's yeah. one of the best dribblers in the world. Like, insane. And if Brighton keeps all these players, they're definitely going to be uh, <laughs> a European a European competition team. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, but like exactly and and what Deserbi what Deserbi what Deserbi has done with mm-hmm. Sally March is akin to what like currently Unai Emery is doing with Ollie Watkins, right? Yep. Just playing to his strengths and they have the build out, they have the depth to do that and and their scouting is just spot on. They already have technically they already have the backup for Caicedo if he goes. And that's uh, that's uh, Hassan Ayari uh, from the Swedish they, uh, that, that they brought in from the Allsvenskan that they brought in for seven million. Um, he's already got time. They also have Facundo Buonanotte um, that can play either, I believe, um, and can be a, a swap for McAllister. True. And I, I, if you're Todd Bowley, if you're Todd Bowley and you're used to literally yanking everything Brighton does well uh, from Brighton's hands, like a flipping petulant child, um, by all means, I'd be I, I'd be looking at their transfer shortlist or watching who they're rumored to get, um, and Definitely I would go after every go after every one of them exactly. And if I'm Brighton, I'm putting out a false flag transfer shortlist. I am literally flooding the transfer market with bogus transfer rumors to hope that Todd Bowley goes after somebody that is not actually on their shortlist because they turn they turn over rocks. They don't look at you know the the, the hottest uh, TikTok video and sign them. I'm sorry, Mudrick did get an assist against Brighton, but what they what they do is they actually turn over rocks and they do some scouting. I love it, and I hope it continues. And long may it not be a a one 
hit. It hasn't been a one-hit wonder. Brighton's no. been something for the last several years, and I hope it continues. I love it. I'm a fan. Um, great. With that's the just statistical great. analysis of the owner. That's the <laughs> owner, too, of Royal St. Gilles. The guy knows what True. he's doing. And we're mentioning mm-hmm. Brighton beating them 2-1, but we got to say Chelsea. Chelsea, in their last three games, three losses with Lampard. They're, they haven't yes. scored... Uh, a goal in their last four games, okay? That hasn't mm. happened since 1993 with Chelsea. So these stats are horrible, horrible for Chelsea fans. And I'm going to say Todd Boyley. People judge Todd Boyley because the decision of the manager, he's never done a better one. Let let me explain. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel, uh, he's the manager of Chelsea. Todd Boyley makes the decision of getting another. Is it a better mm. manager? No, it's Graham Potter. Graham Potter gets sacked. Who does he pick to replace him? Is he a better manager? No, it's Frank Lampard. He has to stop this cycle. It has to be a better manager. Like beforehand, everybody should be unanimously saying. Better than Frank Lampard. Luis Enrique, Nagelsmann, Zidane. You got so many better options. So let's let that happen. Yeah, like Ralph Ragnick wasn't uh, available in consultant, you know, <laughs> form uh, to bring him in. Uh, no, I just don't. Uh, Frank Lampard, he's nothing but a bag holder. I feel, I actually feel bad for him. I mean, he's just the guy that's going to take all the punches for the foreseeable future. He's literally running interference for Todd Bowley. That's it. You know, he's going to get paid a pretty penny, I'm sure. But like Todd Bowley is finally starting to hear it from the Chelsea crowd because he's making crappy decisions. And this all-star cast of guys that he's brought in, the Lawrence Stewart's, the, the um, I'm already forgetting names, the guy Christian. from RB Leipzig. Christian. Yeah, I, I mean, these these guys, either he's not letting them do their jobs um, or, or these guys don't know what the heck is going on right now because True. he flooded Stamford Bridge with 30-plus new players. Um, and I, he's going to do it again. It's, He's gonna do it again. Chelsea spent three hundred, three hundred and twenty-three million, okay, last oh. window, and they didn't get a striker. They didn't get a striker. <laughs> something that Jean Felix desperately needs, okay, to play his best football. And Chelsea fans must be begging Todd Boyley to get a striker next season. They better have leaders too, because the passion, the team spirit, that the way the players react off ball. It's not happening for Chelsea. They need to respect the club more. I I feel it. And I think it will happen next next season with the right appointment of manager. And please, keep Levi Colville, Chelsea. This is one of the best young centre-backs out there. And that partnership with Lewis Dunk is going bold in the Prem. Pay attention. So, Levi Colville, just go back to Chelsea. You're very, very needed <laughs> oh, so, well. we mentioned Tottenham too like I have a, f- a fact that I want people at home that Tottenham lost to Burnmouth okay 3-2 95th oh. match winner by Burnmouth Solanke masterclass in that game and the first yes, time sir. ever that Burnmouth beat Tottenham in their in their home okay that's first time ever by Burnmouth and I gotta mm. say bad it's, it's so unfortunate to be Richarlison in the Premier League three goals scored mm. in the Prem all ruled out from VAR. All ruled out. <laughs> he has no goal scored because of VAR, Richarlison. So better times will come. And Dan Juma, in like 50 minutes, he's already got one yeah. goal. I hope he starts more oh than Juma. Just want to say. Just want to yeah, say Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think Tottenham, <laughs> Spurs, are, Spurs are at their 
the eating their own stage. Um, there are no, um, they, they, there's no cares mm -hmm. anymore about it. They're still in, in the running for obviously outright champions league football. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when it comes down to it, uh, they have Harry Maguire, the crap out of David Sid Sanchez. Um, and I, booing them. I mean, booing your own player. It just, there's, there's stuff like that, that rankles me. I get being passionate, but like eating your own, turning on your own like that. Um, it doesn't, it just doesn't make much sense. And it, it makes me not want to root ever for mm -hmm. there. We already know the root of Tottenham, why the Spurs can't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Right, and, we already know why. And Harry his Kane, his name, his name rhymes with Stevie. Okay, um, yeah, that's I don't, true. I, I get you. I get you. And Harry Kane too. I think this is going to be the final season on Harry Kane yeah. at Tottenham, and how disappointing he is. It is. Richarlison's not doing anything. The manager appointment at Conte didn't go well. Mourinho didn't no. manage to do anything in the past. It's been so unfortunate for Tottenham fans. They better hope that they're going to sign a manager like Ruben Emery in Tottenham. That's the only yeah. savior they can do because they can sign Ruben Emery because they can pay the release clause. That's the way they yeah. get him. And he would be convinced of being the owner, the decision maker of a top team in London. That's the man you should be hitting up, Ruben Emery, Tottenham fans. You know, out of all this, because of our FC Wonder Kid moniker, mm. I am just more sad that literally Spurs has forgotten about their academy. Exactly. You know, like there's just, like, just nothing there. They don't want to give any, any nothing. Okay. I get Harry Winks. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Ollie Troy skip Parrot. fine, whatever. <laughs> but Troy, yeah. Troy Parrott's already lost and gone. Nobody knows where he is. Right. Dane Scarlet. He is. He, he's on loan. Dane Scarlett, all these names. And they've got, they've still got some ballers they down there. Alfie DeVille. Bell, right. They do. They got Sunsa Bell, but you know, a lot of people obviously once, once. Well, anyway, I'm not going to talk about Sunsa Bell and what Chelsea fans think of him. But when it comes down to it, like, mm -hmm. it's it's better than they're given credit for. But there's never been a proper avenue, um, and that that is, you know, that's also never going to change until Levy's gone. Um, yeah. And it was probably never going to change with Antonio Conte as boss. Let's be honest. Uh, but I, I just think Spurs. Um, well, they, I don't They're know what to They're bottling it. They're bottling top four. And then they we are. see Aston Villa having a big win against Newcastle, a team that Huge. I think will end up in top four. I believe in this Newcastle team, yeah. even though they lost to Aston Villa. But Three I got to say, Ollie, <laughs> yeah, Drew, Ollie Watkins, since oh, the sir. return of the World Cup, he's one of the best strikers oh. in the Premier League, no doubt. Yeah. Southgate must, must call up this man that has been studying the movement of Edison Cavani. Edison yep. Cavani. And Emery, such a football master by putting these methods to Ollie Watkins. I want to say congratulations. Yep. It's, it's, oh, it's by man. no surprise. That, and the midfielders, too, of Aston Villa are so involved in goals. Jacob Ramsey, yeah. always involved to get that loose ball of Watkins. And they connect so, so well, so I could yeah. see pots of Sporting ending up at Aston Villa. I could see that. And, and just to put numbers to it, Ali Watkins in his last 12 games has 11 goals, two assists. Previously in the Prem, before that, uh, he had three goals in his last 18 games. Oof. So um, I think you might know where something changed in there. Emery. I believe a certain Unai Emery came in and Ali Watkins turned into a stud. Uh, he's got 14 goals on the season and, and it's it's wonderful. I remember watching him bag goals for, for Brentford 
uh, as they tried to, you know, get promotion to the Premier League. I mean, he's he's a good a good guy that they spent a whole lot of money on, and he's now actually starting to really show return on that. Exactly. And they didn't just beat Newcastle. They 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 dropped them. They beat them pretty soundly, and they've now won seven of their last Premier League games. Um, but I I have to do a little shout out here um, to mm-hmm. the old man of the bunch, and I know you've done it previously but he continues to outperform his age mm. and that is ashley young yes ashley young does whatever unai emery needs him to do what a team man through and through still you know he put in a hell of a shift against newcastle um and it's just great to see him running it back um and maybe aston villa yeah if they get european football out of this wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be fun to deserved. See back? and ashley young is yeah. the top assister ever in Premier League history for a defender, I think. Right. For a defender? Yeah, that sounds right. I, I think, I'm not sure. Con- I think Robertson. Converted defender. Converted <laughs> defender. But uh, yes. <laughs> that's true. Well, know. I mean, what, what a shift. It added like eight years to his career, right? True. The, the shifting back to, to defense has been just absolutely bonkers. So whoever decided, uh, I forget who he was under when that happened. Was it? Who was it? Actually, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really not sure. I'm not sure. I got to look that up. Yeah. But But whoever decided that, they they kept Ashley Young young again. So there you go. (laughs) Those crosses. (laughs) That's very, very true. And he was a winger for the people at home that don't remember. Ashley Young was a winger at Man United when they got him. So back that in was the day. back in the day, exactly. <laughs> and Wilfred Zaha, that is a Crystal Palace. I gotta say, Roy Hudson, three games, three wins. Roy Hudson is doing an amazing job at Crystal Palace, and he's doing what he does and is needed for the club because Olise, yeah. Ezzy, they needed a man to inspire him, and Roy Hudson seems to be that guy. Shocked, I'm shocked. He does, I never, he saw, does, yeah. I never thought I'm gonna say that. Oh, that's shocking. yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm, who is a uh, Patrick Vieira apparently was just um, interviewed. Mm. Who was he interviewed for? I've One of the vacancies to. currently. Maybe it's Leicester City. Maybe Talk it's uh, <laughs> no, no, not that big. I think we're looking a little bit down um, with mm. that. But now I, I great. And by the way, that was one of the best games that Eze has had in a very long time. And. True. There was so much hope for him when he was coming up. Injuries kind of derailed him for a while, but mm-hmm. that was a wonderful game uh, over the weekend for, for him in Palace. Yeah, so. I love how you mentioned that. I love how you mentioned that. And then the Premier League, I think we tell us down below what we have missed about the Premier League and what do you think oh. will happen in the next weeks? Because I was thinking about a player when you were talking about the derailed, but I don't mm-hmm. think he really derailed, but it's the Bundesliga here that I'm shooting at. And a team has been derailed, Bayern Munich, mm. a draw yes. that ended up tied. Yeah. But Gio Reyna, Gio Reyna, that was the player I was thinking with derailed. Because Greg yeah. Bellhalter was sacked by the, for the U.S. Men's National Team because of Claudio Reyna. And I want to give congratulations <laughs> to that. Because he's the savior <laughs> of the U.S. Men's National Team's hopes in 2026. Yeah. Because with Bellhalter, oh, you would go nowhere. Nowhere if yeah. he wasn't playing Gio Reyna the way he was. So let's hope Listen, in the youth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Gio Reyna got his first goal in a while. Yes. Um, it was a great goal. He thought it won the game for them. And then there was a crazy 97th minute equalizer mm-hmm. that they couldn't catch points on Byron once again because they fell asleep at the wheel. Um, but listen, Gio Reyna, I, I, there's something going on there under the surface because Aiden Terzik 
he hasn't necessarily played him as much as I would have expected uh, him to be playing Giorena. And he's still got, I believe, six goals on the season. Um, but Rain is going through a little bit of a kind of an internal reckoning beyond what Greg Berhalter uh, did and what Dirty Laundry was aired. Um, but Reina is young. And we've seen young players mature before and come back stronger and just yeah. grow into themselves. And Gio Reyna, you can see it. You can see it when he plays the game of football that he's got a whole lot of talent there. Yeah. Um, it's it's just whether or not he actually fully realizes it. And in a bad season, he's still got like six goals on the season. So um, Reyna's competing yeah. too with Troyes, Julian Brandt, Thorgan Azar, yes. like great names. Yeah. and. I really yeah. believe long-term Giorena will be the best player of the U.S. men's national team, in my opinion. From the I, selection of players I see right now in football, in 2023 in April, I think it's going to be yeah. Giorena. <laughs> uh, well, I, um, but, I I think you're right, but I think you're going to find that the, the, the generation that's bubbling underneath Giorena mm -hmm. is, is going to... Um, Gonna gonna make people pretty excited. No, so it's, we'll and see. You have players I'll, like I'll, I'll Musa, have some names in the future. Pepe, you have oh, yeah. a young striker yeah. coming. But no, if Balogan picks the US too, you got a lot. You got a lot to, to talk cheap. about. And, but yeah. I wanna say on Dortmund, yes, they mm -hmm. disappointed with that late draw, but we have a lot yeah. of news now on Jude Bellingham's situation. Liverpool True. aren't gonna pay the plus 120 million for Jude Bellingham, and we already have news that two midfielders will be signed with Jurgen Klopp. Me send Mount one of them too. That would be very, very interesting. But I really believe that Jude Bellingham is going to go to Man City and join with Erling Haaland, the partner of crime he had at Dortmund. This gives him guarantees. He's going to win Premier League titles. He might win a Champions League title too with Man City and Haaland. And then, and then he can get a move to Real Madrid. So his career, he would still go to Real Madrid afterwards. It wouldn't be just now at 19. Come on unbelievable you don't think you don't think united's still in the running if he picks united ahead of city i just i don't mm. think jude bellingham should do that especially mm. seeing if guardiola stays there long term so True. i would if i look if i was jude bellingham i would go to real madrid if I, if it was me 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 i would go to real madrid you have the sun you have the people you got good food you got chuamenica mavinga modric cross <laughs> you got an elite manager but he's an english boy and he wants to win the prem certainly and with man city he can win multiple prems so yeah yeah i i, I would understand but if <laughs> but if he was portuguese i'd say real madrid <laughs> I'm yeah, joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But, but yeah, let's well, see. That, yeah, that, that's going to obviously be one of the largest, but United, largest transfer oh, battles. Mm. United, United, oh my days. But just talking transfers, I just want to mention briefly with the departures of Messi and maybe Neymar at PSG, the transfer policy with Luis Kempsch and Kylian Mbappe, the CEO at PSG. I'm joking. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be French players only because midfielders to come in, you got Tura. Manu Kone, you got Shirky too. I know he's not a midfielder, mm -hmm. but he's Frenchman. Colomani, yeah. striker, and Fofana of Monaco. All Frenchmen being linked to PSG. So I think things are changed. Things are going to change too with PSG. What it's amazing. And that also, that also tells me that, uh, well, let's just say Christophe Gaultier is going through a little bit of a hellstorm right now, and maybe rightfully so based on some comments that surfaced and whatnot. 
But I, I, I'm still going to say it. I feel like Gaultier is sticking around at PSG. I don't I think, think so. he's got another year. I don't. I think, think he's so. got another year, man. I think he's got another year. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it just, it's just that whole French, you know, build French, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole build the team French. That screams Gaultier. It really does. For me, it screams Mbappé. For me, it's Mbappé saying, I want my homeboys. I want a French national team vibe here. I want Griezmann over here. No, I, I could certainly Whoa. see Colomani yeah. going because of Mbappé and Turam. Yeah. I think Turam. Yeah. Ah, and who's the other player mentioned? Moussa Diaby going to back to yeah. PSG. Academy prospect oh. from PSG back to his roots to, uh, with Kylian Mbappé. I could hey, see hey, that hey. happening. Dumb, dumb question because we're talking about PSG. Is Christopher and Kunku still heading to Chelsea? I think so. Yeah, I think the yeah. well, Fabricio said, "Here we go." That is factual. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. Here we go. No, but I think Kunku is going to Chelsea. Yeah, I think oh that is a gosh. done deal. Just like a done deal of Hendrik going to Real Madrid, Hendrik Santos yeah. going to Chelsea. He scored his first goal in Serie A. Bash the game. And Vitor yeah. Roque, that he might be going to Barcelona, let's see. But a lot of reasons to watch Brazil at all with these three Brazilian wonder kids, man. Hendrik, hey, I'm so excited. That was a great, great opening weekend. Great opening weekend with a Brazilian row. And yes, Hendrik, listen, we, we are forced to document it mm. when one of the most expensive, expensive 16-year-old uh, uh, prospects, wonder kids, right, on the planet, has a, has a little bit of a gold drought, True. right? Um, but it's just as nice to report that my goodness, he is, he's starting to get, he's getting stronger. He's getting smarter. He's, he's starting to actually find the, the, uh, you know, different, different ways to get on the ball, mm-hmm. right? Endrick is coming to with Paul Marish and it's, uh, it's wonderful to see. So, like I said, leading up to this, he scored on his day, de- not his debut, but his season debut in the Brazil Ural. Mm-hmm. And previous to that, he had two goals in his last two games. So it's, uh, I think it's three in his last four. And I think Endrick's going to keep cooking for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. But I love, as we all do, the Brasilia Rao because we get to see the next <laughs> Brazilians get their shots. And I thought George Zuz um, was going to coach uh, Fleming, but they went for Sampaoli. And nope, I don't think that's going to go well. I think Fluminense nope. or Palmeiras are going to win the Brasilia Rao. You heard it here in episode 101 in April. I'm saying <laughs> Fluminense are going to have a great season with Marcel. I think it's one of the best Fluminense teams in the past years. And Palmeiras are going to keep this consistency. Abel is okay. unbelievable. Dudu, like the team they have is, I, it's, it's, I, I'm shocked with how, how good Abel is as a manager. And I want to mention, mm. I forgot with Bundesliga, a player that I believe, mm. we talk about Jude Bellingham, Dortmund, Gravenberch. Mm-hmm. I love to see Gravenberch news going to Liverpool or United Liverpool. or Arsenal. But going to the Prem, having a rejuvenation of his career, like that would be unbelievable. Yeah. I, th- I really rate Graven Birch, and I really hope yeah. he makes the right decision in the next club he goes because he was a yeah, baller well, at Ajax. I wanted to say it, that. And if you're going to throw Graven Birch in there, uh, <laughs> Masrawi's got to figure out a way out Ooh, of Bayern. Um, I mean, like ASAP, um, because clearly it didn't work out. Um, and I, I'm sure that the, the, the coaching carousel hasn't really helping, helped at all. Um, but Masrawi at his best was a phenomenal, I mean, he was linked with Barca at one point, right? Uh, I, I honestly believe like he could obviously help a team. Um, and the fact that he's barely even playing there is just tough to see. Hmm. Um, but listen, if we are, um, ending things up, right. Mm-hmm. I do have to give a shout out, uh, to Daryl DK. 
young striker, U.S. guy, um, was just getting back to form after a major injury. Uh, and I got to wish him a speedy recovery again. Stay strong, man, because oof, he it looks like he did his Achilles in. Um, as West Brom is chasing playoff position, promotion playoff position, they're pretty far out, but they're they're trying. Um, and, and he was in relatively good form, but more importantly, I was excited to see Daryl DK still only 21 or 22 years old, big striker, kind of the nine that could grow into something big. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really excited to see what the summer was going to look like with him with the, with the gold cup and all that. So Daryl DK get better, man. And, and uh, I don't think you're probably be selected not listening. For World cup. You'll be selected for the it, world cup. It's ready to I hope so. We'll hope, we'll I hope, hope so. The, He'll get it done. The comeback, he'll be stronger, man. But I you got it. Pepe and Balogun there too. So strikers coming up for the U.S. men's national team. You're not short. You're not short. But my last shout no, to you. <laughs> my last shout to you in the podcast. I want to give a shout to a World Cup icon from Mexico. That is Guillermo Ochoa. World Cup icon. Mexican World Cup icon. Guillermo Ochoa has 52 saves in his thir- last 13 matches for Salernitana. And Salernitana right now are in a seven-game unbeaten streak. This Look man is that. going bowling, Serie And I got to say, one of the greatest strikers, I, uh, striker, goalkeepers I've seen in yep. a World Cup, yep. man. So iconic. And he's saving, as we see, Salernitana in Serie And my last bold shout is, Lazio have the best defense in Serie but two, mm-hmm. Immobile, what a legend for Lazio that he has scored in seven consecutive Serie A seasons plus 10 goals for Lazio. That is iconic and only the likes of like, I think Del Piero have done that. He is with yeah. those names. That is very, very bold. I wanted to give a yeah. special credit to Immobile. <laughs> Ma- massive, massive consistency. And it's weird that you brought that up. Although understandably so, because of how good Lazio has been as of late, um, Sierra Mobile was just in the car crash, so oh. it seems he's Whoa. he's in good condition, is what it sounds like. But uh, yeah, all the best there in terms of a recovery as well. I don't know if it's going to keep him out of the rest Whoa, of the season or what the deal is going to be. But he was apparently in a car crash. But he what? is, for what all intents this? and purposes, I've heard he's in good condition. What was so, this? What was this? Well, when, when did this um, happen? This must have happened like uh, one hour ago or two. I, I, I'm literally looking at it right now. I was like, oh, because I saw something out of the corner of my eye, a notification pop up. And and that was right before we went on. And I was like, holy crap. And then you, you brought him up and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's saying, yeah, he's got some uh, rib injuries. Um, that but he was should a, be fine. That wasn't planned, as you can see, people. I that was no, not planned. I, I had no idea that that had happened. <laughs> and let's hope that he can go bold because there are – they're in a top three race, and Lazio right now are the the best team in second. I think they're like six points ahead of Roma. I'm not sure on the specifics. But people, yeah. if you're listening until now, thank you. Thank you so much for going bold and listening to episode 101. And please do not forget to like this video, people. Like episode 101. And again, thank right. you. Thank you for going bold, people. 